Welcome to Social Justice Matters, a podcast from Social Justice Ireland. My name is Colette Bennett, Economic and Social Analyst at Social Justice Ireland. Hopefully you're keeping safe and well at this time. Our podcasts generally take one of three formats. Our seminar series are the audio files of important seminars and presentations given either by members of the SJI team or by guest speakers at our various conferences in recent years. They're a chance to listen on the go to people like Anne Pettifor, Tony Fahey and James Hegarty of the CSO. Our interview series features discussions with a variety of experts on a broad range of topics. You can listen to interviews on topics such as basic income, the economy, housing, traveller rights, civil rights and third world debt. And then we have our series of 10 minute lessons. These are intended to be short introductions to important policy areas, giving listeners the main points they need to know. And this episode is one of those. This is on health inequalities. So the first thing I'd say is that health is not just about healthcare. The link between poverty and ill health is well established by international and national research. A World Health Organization commission that reported in 2008 on the social determinants of health found that health is influenced by factors like poverty, food security, social exclusion and discrimination, poor housing, unhealthy early childhood conditions, poor educational status and low occupational status. A report from the OECD in 2019 again underlines that large inequalities in life expectancy exist by socioeconomic status, including education level, income or occupational group. On average across the OECD countries, people without high school diplomas can expect to live about six years less than those with third level education. People with low incomes are less likely to see a doctor because access to preventative services is concentrated among the better off. These findings echo the findings of our own European research series report that found that while the quality of healthcare is high among EU countries, there are significant variations between countries with regard both to quality and access. Perceptions of unmet need for healthcare and perceptions of poorer quality of healthcare continue to be greater amongst poorer people in Europe than amongst those who are richer. In Ireland, Studies from the Irish Public Health Alliance detail striking differences in life expectancy and premature death between people in different socioeconomic groups. And another OECD report from 2019 suggests differences in how Irish people report being in good health, depending on their incomes. Only 73% of people in the lowest income quintile, so that's the lowest 20% of earners, assess their health as good, compared to 93% in the highest income group in 2017. A range of studies provide evidence that is of great concern relative to inequality and health in Ireland. The 2018 Healthy Ireland survey highlights how those in more deprived areas are less likely to rate their health as good or very good, are more likely to have a long-term health problem and are more likely to smoke and binge drink. The Healthy Ireland survey for 2019 found that people living in deprived areas are more likely to report that they had suffered from a wide range of conditions of the 25 conditions that were asked about within the past 12 months compared to those in wealthier areas. So in terms of age then, the first OECD report that I spoke about found that Ireland was one of five OECD countries where people aged 65 and over in the lowest 20% of the income bracket are more than twice as likely to report living in poor or fair health compared with adults in the top 20% of income. At the other end of the lifespan, the Growing Up in Ireland study highlights a widening health and social gap by the time children are just five years old. 
children from the highest social class, so those whose parents are from professional or managerial professions, are more likely than those from the lowest socioeconomic group to be considered very healthy and have no problems. Another study from the Growing Up in Ireland series shows that economic vulnerability, particularly persistent economic vulnerability, has negative consequences for the socio-emotional development of children. So that reinforces the need for a policy focus on child poverty and deprivation to address child health. Obviously, children's well-being is still very much shaped by their parents' circumstances and social position, which results in persistent inequalities despite improvements in health, education and other areas in Ireland over time. Life expectancy is another area where there are differences between socioeconomic groups. Overall, Ireland shows an increasing life expectancy since the 1990s. Life expectancy in 2017 at birth stood at 84 years for women and 80.4 years for men, both above the EU average. However, life expectancy differs based on socioeconomic background. For example, life expectancy at birth of males living in the most deprived areas in the state was 79.4 years in 2016 or 17, compared with 84.4 years for those living in the most affluent areas. The corresponding figures for females were 83.2 and 87.7 years respectively. The differential between female and male life expectancy was greatest in the most deprived areas. This shows how poverty directly affects life expectancy and the incidence of ill health. It also limits access to affordable healthcare and reduces the opportunity for those living in poverty to adopt healthy lifestyles. Basically, poor people get sick more often and die younger than wealthier people, something that is actually acknowledged by our own Department of Health. One of the most obvious concerns about the Irish healthcare system, and a key concern for us, is to do with access. Ireland's health system ranked 22nd out of 35 countries in the 2019 Health Consumer Powerhouse Report. But on the issue of accessibility, Ireland ranked the worst. That report notes that even if a waiting list target of 18 months were reached, it would still be the worst waiting time situation in Europe. We know that Irish hospitals are working near full capacity. The occupancy rate for acute care hospital beds is among the highest in the OECD countries, and in fact it's 20 percentage points higher than the OECD average. And while that can be a sign of hospital efficiency, it can also mean that too many patients are treated in hospitals when they would more appropriately be treated at home or within the community setting if that were available. Also, by comparison with other OECD countries, the share of the Irish population delaying or going without care is also comparatively high, above 30%. Our complex two-tier system for access to public hospital care means that private patients have faster access to both diagnostics and treatment, while those in the public system can spend lengthy periods waiting for a first appointment with a specialist and for treatment. The statistics from the National Treatment Purchase Fund for last July, for example, show that there were more than 600,000 people waiting for outpatient appointments, with more than one in five of those waiting for 18 months or more. Problems with the Irish healthcare system are often evident through difficulties of access, though we know that that's not the whole story. There are barriers in access to primary care, delays in accident and emergency department admissions, and waiting times for access to hospital care in the public system. International experts have noted that Ireland is the only EU health system that doesn't offer universal coverage of primary care, and that despite increased investment during the previous decade, when the financial crisis of 2008 hit, Ireland still had poorly developed primary and community care services. Accessing our complex system depends on whether you have a medical card, a GP visit card, private health insurance, 
private resources to spend on health services, where you live and what type of services you're trying to access. It is also those who are poorest, sickest and those with disabilities who find it hardest to pay charges, to negotiate access and who ultimately end up waiting longer for care. Those who are poor and sick without medical cards fare worst in terms of coverage and access. In 2017, almost one in three households where at least one person had a medical examination or treatment in the last 12 months reported that the costs were a financial burden. For households with children, the corresponding rate was higher at over 35%. And we can't talk about health inequalities without talking about COVID. We know that many frontline workers, our healthcare workers, our shelf stackers, our postmen, our bin men, much of the so-called unskilled labour is low paid. These are people who are at high risk of contracting COVID-19 every day. For those living in what's called intergenerational households, where granny and granddad, mommy, daddy and the kids are all under the same roof, they're bringing that risk home to people who, by virtue of their health, frailty or other vulnerability, are at an increased risk of contraction. In terms of the numbers, the new COVID GeoHive site is really interesting. So just looking at the data and as of the 1st of February 2021, the 14-day incidence rate was 455 per 100,000 people. But not all areas are created equally. If we take Dublin as an example, a county with a range of socioeconomic profiles, we can see the impact of poverty, service provision and safe employment. So as I said, the national incident rate was 455 per 100,000 people. This compares to 364.7 in Blackrock, 355 in Glencullen Sandyford, 325 in Kalini Shankill, 491 in Fairhouse Bohernabrina. If we pop across the imaginary boundary that separates the electoral area of Fairhouse Bohernabrina and Tala South, and we see that Tala South has an incident rate of 719, almost 50% higher than its neighbour. North Inner City has a rate of 787.6, and it's 805.3 in Ballymunfingus. Outside of Dublin, there's a particular issue for border counties with an incident rate in Monaghan of 1,079.5 and at 750 in Dundalk, Carlingford. These numbers are stark and they clearly debunk the myth that COVID-19 was a great leveller. So what can we do? Well, the pandemic has created many issues, but it also provides an opportunity for government to finally grasp the nettle of healthcare inequality, to address our two-tier system and to invest in primary care and community care health networks. Allowing people to age well at home and creating the environment within communities is proven to have a positive impact on all of the issues I spoke about just now. It also frees up space in acute hospitals for those who need acute care and can reduce our capacity rate below the 95% at which it currently stands. Government needs to properly fund Slauncher Care, including the 500 million investment in infrastructure that was committed to every year for the first six years. And we were really delighted to see that that was committed to this year in Budget 2021. We need more GPs and community healthcare teams. We need a reduction to the prescription charges. We need to properly address the waiting list for mental health supports. We need to tackle healthcare as part of a suite of basic services, forming part of a new social contract. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast. If you're interested in more about a new social contract, please check out our website, socialjustice.ie. As always, if you have any suggestions or questions about our podcasts, please do get in touch at secretary at socialjustice.ie. And until next time, stay safe.